Welcome to The Body Nerd Show, empowering you with the super uncomplicated things you need to know about self-care and movement so that you too can wake up every day pain-free. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and I'm a coach, writer, former yogi, kettlebell devotee, and 100% body nerd. So, are you ready? Let's get nerdy! Welcome back. You're listening to episode 39 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, I'm covering all things breathing and how you can use breath work to improve your core strength, how to breathe for relaxation, and why spending a few minutes daily focusing on your breath will be the best thing that you can do for yourself today. But before we get into the show, I want to remind you that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds group, and pretty much everything else live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. So head on over there, get all the goods, and also thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I hope that you get some fun movement in as you're listening, or at least you have something planned if you are, you know, riding a car or on public transit or wherever you are at right now. So the idea for today's episode actually came from a comment request on Instagram from at Floss New York. And she asked for an episode on breathing because so many of her clients, she said, were having a hard time inhaling for a long time, which is a fantastic question and a great idea. And it's exactly why today's topic is all about breathing. And so before we dive into it, I just also want to let you know that if you have a question about the body, about some physiological process, or about body work fixes and how you can get stronger and get out of pain, send me a message, send me a DM, send me your questions. If I don't answer them on an episode of the podcast or on Instagram, like your question will be answered, I promise you. And when it comes to breathing, of course, breathing and I have a long, a long history. <laughs> so at university, I was in an exercise physiology class, and each week we were studying a different element of exercise physiology and really the research behind it. So we did things like a cardiac test, stress test on a treadmill, and we did, um, you know, body fat measurements and, you know, jumping measurements, all the things that you would expect to see. I mean, honestly, like on a Gatorade commercial, which is also why I chose exercise biology as my major, but that's a story for another day. And so we were looking to find really the volume and specifically the dead volume of your lungs. And the dead volume is the amount of air that's left over in your lungs when you exhale. There's always a little bit there. And if it gets knocked out, so to speak, like if you fall or you get hit really hard from behind, if you've ever felt like you've had the wind knocked out of you, that's probably because this dead volume was knocked out, so to speak. And so there's this little bit of air that isn't quite exhaled each time you breathe out. And so we wanted to measure and see how much was there because then we could determine with how much air you could breathe out your total lung volume. And the way we were doing that was through hydrostatic testing. So basically you jumped in a big pool of water and they measured the difference of the water and how much water was displaced when you were at the bottom of an exhale and at the top of an inhale, if I remember correctly. 
But with all of my studies and all of my measurements, uh, because we each did it, we each got to run the experiment and test on one another. And my group kept finding that I have the lung volume of a child. (laughs) And all I have to say is, duh, like I'm small. I'm 5'1". I'm a petite woman. I'm not surprised. But I've always had this story that breathing was hard for me because I had child-sized lungs. And that just goes to show how any story you come up with, for whatever reason, even if it's based in fact or based in, you know, a very scientific experiment that four 19-year-olds did, we can let our stories be our truth. And so when I first learned how to do the diaphragm stretch, and I'll share more on that later, I really struggled to get it not even right, but just to get it. Uh, Because it it requires that you exhale for a very long time and hold your breath. And I was convinced that I couldn't do it well because of my tiny childlike lungs. All of that is to say, that's nonsense. And you can improve your breathing. And I've spent a lot of time, especially in the last two years, breathing as often as I can, as intentionally and deliberately as I can, because it will change everything. So there's actually three different areas or containers, so to speak, that you can breathe into. The first is diaphragmatic breathing or belly breathing or yoga breathing. There's a bunch of different names, but they all refer to breathing with your diaphragm, that primary breathing muscle. And so diaphragmatic breathing really involves your diaphragm and a muscle called your transverse abdominis. And this is the muscle, it's sort of like a cummerbund, or if you think of like a weight belt while training, if you've ever seen weightlifters wear that weight belt, that sort of mimics the line of pull of the transverse abdominis or the TA. Now, the next area or container you can breathe into is your thoracic breath. And so this is like rib cage breathing. Diaphragm is still working here, but you also recruit your intercostals. Those are the muscles between your ribs. Your pecs are involved, your rhomboids. Not a whole lot of TA is involved. And so this thoracic breath has less volume than your diaphragmatic or belly breath, but it's still important. And the third type of breath, and I'll talk also about why each is important, but the third type of breath is your clavicular breath. So this is the collarbone breath. This is the breath high up in the chest that uses a lot of pec minor, upper traps, your neck muscles, the SCM and the scalenes, um, your levator, right? Your shoulder shrugger muscle. And this only counts for 5% of your total breath capacity. So this is really your stress breath. And where you breathe affects your nervous system. So thoracic breathing, it serves a purpose, especially when your core is engaged. If your TA and your core muscles are working like crazy to stabilize your spine because you're carrying a couch up the stairs or picking up your very cute but slightly overweight cat, whatever it might be, if your core is engaged, then you're going to have to be able to breathe into your thoracic rib cage, right? And breathe into that thoracic breath. If not, you won't be able to breathe or you will have to breathe using your belly, which is then going to compromise your core. So hopefully that makes some sense that really understanding each of these, you know, breath containers just gives you more options in your toolbox. And not only on a structural level, but also when it comes to affecting your nervous system. 
So remember I said where you breathe affects your nervous system. So diaphragmatic or that belly breath is the most relaxing, but you probably don't spend a lot of time breathing here. It's really not practical to be in that super deeply relaxing breath, you know, when you're driving or when you're trying to navigate Trader Joe's at the end of the day. But to be able to access it when you need to change your nervous system is important. So clavicular, remember that high collarbone stress. The thing about your clavicular breathing is there are a lot of you who probably breathe up here. And when you're stressed out, like you come around a corner and you see a bear, I mean, I I guess it could happen, um, that, right, that gasping breath, that's what this clavicular breath is. So it's important. But where we get into trouble is that if these muscles are tight, even if you are not breathing stressfully high up into your collarbones, if the muscles are tight, your body is going to sense stress. Even if you don't feel stressed, right, psychologically, although I have a hard time believing anybody is not stressed out. So the tension of these tissues will also trick your nervous system into thinking you're stressed out. And this stiffness can create almost like a body armor that is going to affect your physiology too. So again, having options for how you breathe, whether it's clavicular, thoracic, or diaphragmatic, gives you more options for affecting your nervous system. Now, here's my favorite fact about breathing. Your breath and when you breathe is actually signaled by the carbon dioxide levels in your blood, not oxygen, which is why when you exhale a ton, you get lightheaded and can pass out. It changes the level of gases in your blood. So hopefully anyone who teaches breathwork will tell you this, but it's definitely not something to be played around with while you're in the water. So just disclaimer for that one. So diaphragmatic breathing is where I want you to focus because when it comes to really breathing, this is going to be your bread and butter. And specifically because of the connection of your diaphragm to the rest of your body. It shares connective tissue and fascia and anchors with your psoas, that deep hip flexor, with your QL, which I talked about when we talked about your lower back. It shares connective tissue with your heart and even with your lungs. And truly, your heart and lungs ride the wave of every single breath that you take. So the diaphragm is this dome-shaped muscle that lines the bottom half of your rib cage. It really is anchored to the bottom six ribs and goes all the way around. And it forms the border between your heart and lungs above and your guts below. And so every time you breathe in, the diaphragm kind of levels out. So it goes from being dome-shaped to being more flat. Sort of if you imagine that you know rainbow parachute from preschool and everybody raises their hands up and down. And as they do that, the whole parachute floats up and down. Or like a jellyfish. Truly, your diaphragm is like a jellyfish. But because of those fascial connections to everything around it, it has an effect on your heart rate. And so every time you breathe in, not only is it pulling on your lungs and changing the volume, which you know draws the breath in, but it also affects your heart rate because of that connection. And this is something that you can see on an ECG. When you breathe in, your heart rate increases. And when you breathe out, your heart rate decreases. So the heart is doing it already, which is why breathing out is always more relaxing or downregulating for your nervous system. 
So what does that mean for you, right? Well, use it in your breathing meditations. If you spend more time exhaling, the meditation will be more relaxing. So a really easy way is to breathe out for a slow count of seven and breathe in for a slow count of five. You can also match your inhale and exhale lengths, which is really great for focus and meditation. So maybe it's five counts in, five counts out. Or if you want to get super fancy, you can do almost like a circular breath or a box breath uh, where you breathe in for four, hold at the top for four, breathe out for a count of four, and hold at the bottom for four. So any type of you know equal inhale, exhale, or longer exhale is going to be more relaxing for your brain and your body and your nervous system. But you can also use it on the flip side. So if you are trying to stay awake, spend more time inhaling and holding your breath at the top of your inhale. So as a side note, this is one of the ways I keep myself awake during meetings and church. So if you see me and I'm holding my breath and I'm trying to do it as low key as possible, it's because I'm trying not to fall asleep, okay? So the diaphragm and its connections to all of those muscles is really anchored right into your abdominal wall and everything around it, which means that any muscle really of your torso is either mobilizing or stabilizing during breathing. It's all connected. And so it's really important to keep your entire body, of course, elastic and healthy, but especially when it comes to your diaphragm. So if there's any stiffness in your diaphragm, that can have an effect on almost anything in your torso. Back to that analogy of the preschoolers with the rainbow parachute. If everybody moves together and they pull both hands up with holding onto the parachute up and they bring it back down together, the parachute is going to float up and down beautifully and evenly and nicely, right? But if one little kid decides to be a little snot head that day and just hold his hands down and rigid, which you can imagine is almost like a trigger point or some sort of, you know, adhesion or sticky spot in your diaphragm, all of a sudden that smooth jellyfish-like, you know, balloon shape not quite working the same. And so it's the same in your body as well. So if you want true core strength, strong from the inside out, top to bottom, front to back, make sure that you can breathe well and make sure that your diaphragm isn't stiff, that it's able to move in all the ways, which really is just deep breathing. So I want you to think of breathing as strengthening your core from the inside out. And one of the ways to do that is by stretching your diaphragm. The yogis call this Uddiyana Bandha, uh, but you can also just think of it as a diaphragm stretch. And it's the full relaxation of all of your stomach muscles, all of your abdominal muscles at the bottom of an exhale. And it's really easy. So take a really big breath in, the biggest breath you've ever made, and then breathe out every last drop of breath. I really want you to get to the very bottom. So you're like almost at that point where you're about to wheeze and then hold your breath. Stop exhaling, still hold your breath, but let all of your stomach muscles relax. And if you do it right, the vacuum that you create from being at the bottom of that exhale is going to pull your diaphragm up towards the lungs and into a stretch. And it's a really great way to get movement into all of your organs to help move fluid and lymph through your torso and really creates this deep internal stretch. One of my favorite things about it is it really reveals where there may be some imbalance on the inside of your core and your torso. So you might feel that one hip 
is way tighter than the other, but from the inside. Or you might really feel the pull across your diaphragm on one side and not the other. And so all of these things will help to reveal what your next step is. Is one hip way tighter than the other? Okay, so how are you standing? How are you moving? Is it how you're crossing your legs? You know your next best step by what you uncover, right? And that's all about being a body detective. But what if you can't even take a deep breath? So I'll drop a link in the show notes of doing some deep breathing over a ball. And one of my favorite ways to do this is using a soft inflated ball or even a rolled up towel as a tool to help you better sense what belly breathing feels like. And so I just so remember like when I first started yoga and the teacher would be like, and breathe into your belly. And I'm like, okay, cool. But like, what does that actually mean? And so using a tool helps you to feel it from the outside in before you can feel it for yourself from the inside out. And so just laying face down over the ball, having the ball be in your belly gives you instant feedback of what it means and what it feels like to do diaphragmatic breathing. So that link's in the show notes and definitely go check it out. Even if you think that you're like an amazing, fantastic breather, I'm sure you are. But that breath work and diaphragmatic mobilization really are going to be very key for building sustainable strength from the inside out, especially when it comes to your core. So what about breath work, which is this new buzz term and is popping up all over the place, especially on the coasts. There are studios out here, especially meditation studios that offer breath work as classes. You may have seen it on the schedule at your local yoga studio, but breath work is conscious breathing and breath control. And it's great because it really helps you increase your focus, helps to create deep mental clarity and really helps to manage stress. And so my experience with breath work every time is different, which is what I love the most about it. But it's 25 minutes of intense and deliberate breathing, which means you literally cannot focus or be distracted by anything else because you were breathing so much. It's like a breath workout. I guess that's probably where the name comes from, breath work. And this breath workout, by the end, you are so tired, literally just from laying on the floor and breathing, that you get this clarity. And honestly, Sometimes it goes either way, like I said. I either cry or I just like to yell a little bit or I like to laugh, which if you've never done breath work, you probably think sounds just like absolutely bizarre, but try it, I promise. And this is like one of the reasons why I love breath work so much. And I actually bring my friend Bria to my live events and she's coming on retreat with us in Montana this summer. So if you want to breathe and be in Montana and unplug, like send me a DM and I'll send you some more information. But if all of that feels overwhelming and you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't have a tool. YouTube is confusing. Honestly, just breathe. Even laying down or sitting upright and focusing on breathing deeply for a few minutes a day will completely change your day. Because breathing through your diaphragm is the only way that we can shift our nervous system. And it's the fastest way to shift our nervous system. You don't even have to do a ton of thought work or therapy. You literally just have to breathe. So right now, take three really deep breaths in through the nose, out through the nose, even in through the nose or out through the mouth. Just take some time today to breathe intentionally and deliberately and see what it changes. 
And I want to know, how does incorporating breathing into your day change? How you look at the day? How does it change what you thought about today? Or maybe even how you're able to problem solve your day. Because I know that once you experience breathing deeply and intentionally, you're going to be hooked. And you're going to want to incorporate breathing into your daily practice. So if that's you, send me a DM or tag me on Instagram and let me know. Or you can call the Body Nerd Hotline at 818-396-6501. And let me know how you are incorporating breathing into your daily practice. So that's how to breathe. Hopefully you're breathing a little bit slower and a little bit deeper right now. But if you're not, and you are thinking, oh my gosh, I want to invite you to the Stress Less Challenge. So I'm hosting a free challenge to help you create routines for managing stress throughout the holiday season and beyond. So if you want to sign up, head on over to aewellness.com slash stressless to sign up and get all the deets. So I'll be going live in the Body Nerd Facebook group each day and sharing tips on how you can learn better moderation and motivation to stay moving and feel more centered throughout the entire winter. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. And one lucky winner is going to win a gratitude journal and a sleep mask to help you stay committed to your stressing less throughout the rest of the winter. So again, full details and signing up is all over at aewellness.com slash stress less. And I will also put that link down into the show notes. So if you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. We have some awesome stuff coming down the pipeline from a really awesome interview with my friend Sessa Miatovich and Willpower and how it's totally a lie. So make sure you subscribe and you can even head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, which helps other body nerds find the show. So here's asking better questions, moving more, and getting nerdy. And thank you so much for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Listen, friend, we both know that you are not you when you're in pain, but the good news is you can change the unchangeable. Even if it seems like it's been forever, life without pain is 100% possible and I can help you get there faster. Head on over to bodynerdshow.com and download the Body Freedom Assessment. You'll answer a few questions and then you'll know exactly what your next steps towards more days of awesome should be. It doesn't have to be complicated and it won't even take you more than 15 minutes a day.